inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is the Ascend Men Podcast. Welcome back, Ascend Men. It's less than three weeks to Ascend Camp, and here's what one young person said previously. Ascend Camp was lit. Men need men, it's true. We really connected, shared fellowship, came alongside each other, broke bread, gave thanks, and worshipped in spirit and in truth. Home is where the hearth is, and the campfire was stoked, and the godly heat and sparks were flying time away means so much in order to clear the clutter of the heart and mind and open a new chapter and listen to what God wants to say. I felt protected, prayed for, prophesied for, cared for and appreciated, as well as having the chance to contribute, encourage others and be encouraged. I came away with a new appreciation for the men's community at C3, the role of brotherhood and how men can honour each other and God. Guys, if you're considering coming, sign up now. Please don't delay. There aren't many places left and we need to plan for food, for sleeping arrangements and for activities. Today, we're hearing a replay of Tim Robertson's inspiring message from Summit in February. Check the show notes for details on this fabulous Mighty Men talk. Thank you, Tim. My name is Tim. I live in Bristol, married to one wife, got three kids, two grandkids, one on the way as well. So hard to believe looking at me that I've got that many grandchildren. No, it doesn't matter. Fantastic. Well, it really is good to be with you. And tonight, I just want to talk about men. I want to talk about mighty men, okay? 2 Samuel chapter 23, uh, verses 8 to 17. And you'll know this very well if you know the Bible, if you know your Old Testament. But these are incredible guys. This was... You know, King David was kind of just building his team in a sense, and there were uh, men were coming to him. David's mighty men, David's mighty warriors, uh, and there was the, the the three mighty men, but there was also the thirty as well. So, you know, I, I guess these guys wanted to be like David. They wanted to uh, to be like their their prince, their king. Uh, they'd seen his exploits. They'd seen what he'd done, and he they just wanted to be around somebody who was gaining ground and making a difference. I want to be around movers and shakers. I want to be around the kind of guys that are going to stir me and challenge me and drive me forward. I don't know about you, but uh, so we're going to be talking about David's mighty men tonight. But these mighty men achieved mighty things. They were bold. They were daring. They were unrelenting. They were in your face. They were the kind of person that you'd want around you if you were in a bit of a hole, if you were up against it. You'd want these mighty men there holding, holding the fort with you, uh, uh, having your back. And you see, I believe that when God looks at you, he sees you as mighty. And you may not really feel that way, but God sees you as mighty. And I'm praying tonight that you will get God's perspective on your life and you'll see things differently. You won't see yourself as a grasshopper, but you'll see uh, your, yourself as a giant in God's economy. I believe that we can learn something from David's mighty men that will help us in our growth and development as men of God. So here we go. I want to bang through a whole load of things because here's the first thing about these mighty men. Number one, you've got to show up. 
You've got to show up. It's so simple, it's profound. How did these three guys, Josheb, Eliezer, and Shammah, inspire a nation and get their names in the Bible? Because when it counted the most, they showed up. They were there, okay? You've got to be there. Guys, you've got to be there. You've got to show up. Thank God that you showed up tonight. You could have stayed home and watched England beat Wales. Come on. You could have stayed and watched Match of the Day a little bit later on, but you decided that you were going to show up and that you were going to be here. Thank you for that. Do you know, Josheb, it says that, and Josheb means one to whom others turn. People turn to him because he proved himself in life and in battle. He showed up. He could be trusted. There was Eliezer who could, uh, one day he's going to tell stories to his grandchildren of how he and David uh, taunted the Philistines. Verse 9, you know, come over here if you think you're hard enough. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he showed up, he was there. And then there was Shammah in verse 11 and 12. He was there, he was present in the fight. You know, men of God make the decision that they're going to be there when it counts the most. Can I tell you, show, show up for your kids. Be there and be present in their lives. Be present for your wife, your spouse, your partner. Be there for them. Make them know that you love them, that they're the most precious things in your life. And that you're going to be there for even if the things they don't want to, they, that they want to do, you don't want to do. Be there and pour yourself into those children, into those grandchildren, into your wife, into your spouse. Turn up and be there for them. Be there for your friends. Be there for each other. What, uh, how good it's been just to see men just connecting and uh, discovering new friendships and having conversation tonight. We need to turn up and be there for, our, uh, for each other so that we are that strong uh, bamboo. Be here for the, the leadership of the church. Let them know that you're going to show up for them, for your work colleagues, for, for guys out there that are struggling with all kinds of stuff that we've already been talking about, we've got to show up. So number one, show up. Number two, you've got to take your stand. Take your stand. Verse 10 and verse 12, the three mighty men took their stand. They stood their ground in the face of the oncoming Philistines, but also when their own troops were retreating. These three guys stayed. They didn't run away, okay? Do you know, sometimes in life, I found myself in some very lonely situations with the enemy attacking and no one around to help. I've been a leader for over 40 years now, planting churches and whatever, and sometimes it gets very, very lonely. Uh, and, and nobody else is around. You know, everybody else that you thought was with you has retreated, you know? Uh, but the enemy is onslaughting as well. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew what it was like to have everyone desert... Phygelus has gone, Erasmus has gone, everyone's deserted me, he says. And sometimes that will happen in life. But the fact is that as a man of God, you've got to stand your ground. Well, the three turn defeat into victory. You see, you may feel that you haven't got the capacity or the ability or the energy, but that's why we need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, clothed in the armor of God, and, and having done all, to stand, stand firm then, the word says. Listen, it's not about you being powerful for God. It's not about you being mighty for God, but it's about God being powerful in you. It's about God being mighty in you. Football coach, football coach Bear Bryant said this, what matters is, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, 
but it's the size of the fight in the dog. You may not think you're much, but you've got the king of kings in you. God is in you. God is great, great in you, and God is mighty in you. So take your stand. Be confident in the God who is for you and turn potential defeat into victory. Here's number three. Turn your excuse into opportunity. Turn your excuse into opportunity. Eliezer had turned up, he'd taken his stand, and when everyone else was finding reasons why they couldn't stick around, he stayed and he made the most of the opportunity. Uh, In verse 10, it says that his hand was so tired, it froze to the handle of the sword. Now, if that's not a good reason to quit, I don't know what is. But the guy stayed there. He kept on going. And the Lord brought about a great victory. God's going to bring those victories to us. God's going to win those victories for us. We've just been singing about it. This year, we will probably find lots of reasons and excuses for why we shouldn't show up or stand our ground or fulfill God's word and will for our lives. Whether it's, you know, I haven't got the money, or I haven't got the time, or I haven't got the energy, or I feel inadequate, or I'm I'm afraid, to be honest, or, or there's too much pressure on me, we will always find an excuse not to do what God has called us to do. You remember Moses, Moses, I want you to go and talk to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. God, I can't do that. I can't speak. I'm not eloquent enough. Send my brother Aaron. And over and over again, he found excuse after excuse not to do the will of God. You know, the truth is that excuses will always rise up as a challenge to your ongoing growth, development, and breakthrough to the next level. Instead, let the excuse provide you with an opportunity to be the kind of man that rises above the obstacles and see the victory that God will bring about. Amen? Ask yourself the question tonight, guys. What are the situations and limitations in my life that I use to justify inactivity and pressing on to new levels of maturity and faith? What are those things? What am I allowing to stop me and hold me back? What am I using as an excuse to limit my potential? Turn your excuse into an opportunity. Here's number four, be relational. Be relational. This is what this is all about. This is why we're sat around tables. This is why there's plenty of time to talk and get to know each other. Be relational, uh, men of God. You You need friends for the journey. You see, if the enemy can isolate you, and rob you of this important lifeline, then he can bring about all kinds of problems in your life. It says that there was Josheb, okay? And then next to Josheb, there was Eliezer, who was with David, who was next to Shammah. You see, these guys are all lined up together. They served together. They weren't acting independently. They served together. They weren't lone rangers but they were the musketeers, okay? One for all and all for one. And uh, Alan's already talked about it tonight. You know, the, the, the scripture from Ecclesiastes 4, 9, two are better than one. Why? Because that's the power of synergy. Two are better than one because they have a good return, uh, you know, in terms of productivity. Uh, if one falls down or gets cold, the other can warm them up. That's fellowship. 
You know, if, if one finds himself in a battle and having to fight, the other can come alongside and fight back to back as well. That's spiritual warfare. We need each other, guys. We need each other. We need to have each other's backs and serve each other and encourage one another. And it comes out of relationship. We need friends for the journey, people that we can unwind with, people that we can be honest with, accountable to, have fun with, go to ascend a camp with, call on in times of difficulty and support when others need us. Be relational because we're stronger. The bamboo, we're stronger together. Here's number five, be grace-filled. So Eliezer is there, okay? He's taken his stand. Everyone else has fled, but he beats the enemy single-handedly. How did he do that? Now, by rights, he should have taken the spoils of war and stripped the dead all for himself. He was, he was the winner there. He was the one who stayed around. But you know what? He was gracious enough to let others share in the spoils as well, even though they'd run off. Do you know, as a leader, as a man, we've got to learn what it is to not write people off when they fail. We need, we need to understand the power of forgiveness and grace. We need to extend grace. You know, people fall, people fail. Do we condemn, do we judge, or do we reach out with that hand of mercy and extend that hand of grace to others and love them just as Christ loved us? Who are you extending grace to? Who are you forgiving? Who are you, uh, you know, giving another opportunity and another chance to be grace-filled? I thank God that Jesus did that for me. And that, that lovely story of Jesus and Peter, you know, uh, I don't know him. No, I don't know him. I don't know him. And then the cock crew. And Jesus has said before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. Peter went out. He was so sad. And yet Jesus, not so long later, is calling him. Hey, Peter, come and have breakfast with me. Upon you, I'm going to build my church. What a great God. What a gracious God. And that's the, that's the extent of his grace to you tonight. He reaches down. He stoops down, it says. He graces down to give you another opportunity. Here's another one. Be courageous. Where did Shammah take his stand? In the middle of the field, it says. So he wasn't cornered. He wasn't hiding, but he boldly stood and he faced the enemy. Do you know the righteous are as bold as a lion? I said, the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, are you bold tonight? Uh, over and over in the Word, we read, Take courage, don't be afraid, be strong. Have I not commanded you? See, courage is linked to relationship because when people encourage you, they're giving you courage. They're speaking courage into your life. And I want to encourage you tonight. I want to call greatness out of your life. I want to encourage you and say, you've got this. God sees you as mighty. And, and when we encourage, listen, no one ever quit the ministry because of too much encouragement, did they? You know? Let's keep on encouraging each other all the more, the Word of God says. Ephesians 6, 10, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand. Do you know the armour that then is described in Ephesians chapter 6 covers every part of the body except for the back, okay? You see, God has designed us to be bold, to face the enemy, and he will do the rest. I love what David says. He says, you will hem me in behind and before. He goes all around us. If God before you, guys, who can be against you? Here's number seven, fight for your supply lines. Verse 13, the Philistines 
were in Rephaim. That's Giant Valley. That's where Goliath and his brothers came from. You know, the six-fingered giants, okay? And uh, they're there during harvest time. And that's where the food was, but the enemy was encamped all around it, okay? So they cut off the supply lines to, to David and his men. Now, we read that Shammah had defended his field of lentils. Well, I don't know, you know, what's all that's about, you know, lentils. I don't know if he's the kind of guy who did yoga and drank health drinks and all that kind of stuff. But he was committed to holding on to what belonged to him. He defended his patch, okay? And they were committed to, the, uh, to defending their supply lines. And as men of God, we need to do the same. You know, Daniel had to fight for the supply line of prayer. And Esther had to fight for the supply line of identity. And Job had to fight for the supply line of salvation. I know who my Redeemer lives. Paul had to fight for the supply line of grace. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. John had to fight for the supply line of truth. Little children, I say to you, hold on to the truth. Don't be deceived by what is being said. Do you know if the devil can corrupt or distort or destroy these supply lines into us, then we're going to be weakened in our faith and we must rise up and defend our patch and fight for our supply lines so that we are constantly fed with that life-giving source. Amen. Here's another one, honour the past. Those who have invested you. You know, David wanted a drink from the well in Bethlehem. He, he's just wishing aloud. You know, he just wants to drink the sweet water from Bethlehem. He's just, he's just thinking aloud and the guys hear him. And so they break through the enemy line and they get through to Bethlehem. They get a, a bucket of water and they bring it back for David to be able to drink. And he just can't believe it. And he says, wow, I, I just, I can't even drink this, this water. But, uh, you know, uh, these guys wanted to honour their king. They wanted to honour David. You know, great men of God never forget who helped get them where they are now. Who invested in you? Who spoke greatness into you? Who encouraged you? Who called you out? Who gave you an opportunity? You need to honour those people uh, because uh, they've uh, released you into the purposes of God. Who are your heroes? I want to thank God for my dad. I want to thank God for Claude. I thank God for John and for, for Phil. And these are guys that are coming into my mind right now uh, that are my heroes that, that believed in me when perhaps I didn't believe in myself. Here's another one. Invest in the future. You've got to honour the past, but you've got to invest in the future. Release the next generation. In verse 33, it's not on the screen, but in verse 33, we read about a guy called Jonathan. He was included in David's 30 men. Okay, who was he? It says this, there was Jonathan, the son of Shammah, the Hararite. Shammah, we've already talked about him. He was one of the three. Listen, he's already investing in his son. He's already lifting up and raising up this young man to be part of the 30 as well. It's not just about our success, but it's about the success of others. So who are you investing in? Who are you uh, calling greatness out of? We need to think generationally. What are we doing for those who are following us? Our legacy will affect the, the generations to come, our children, our grandchildren. In our workplace, who are we training? Who are we mentoring? Who are we building up? What decisions are we making in life? And who are we pouring ourselves into? Invest in the future. Here's the final thing. Got to live the mission. Men of God live the mission. It's not a bolt on. It's not a, you know, uh, oh, if I have to. It's not, um, you know, what we just do on a Sunday. But we've got to live the mission throughout. 1 Chronicles 11, verse 10, gives another account 
of this very story that we've been talking about tonight, okay? But here, in these verses, it defines the mission of the mighty men. And it says this, that they gave David's kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. What a privilege to know the Lord. Come on. Wow. You've been chosen. You've been called for such a time as this. What a privilege. You know, in a world of 8 billion people, what a privilege that is. And this world needs mighty men. This world needs guys who are not going to abdicate their responsibility. Guys who are going to rise up in the power of God and and out of that heart of love for him, serve him with their lives. Be listening to his voice, being led by his spirit into all kinds of opportunities to, to share Jesus and to make Jesus famous and to give strong support to the kingdom of God. What a privilege that we have been called according to his purpose. We've all got different gifts, but it should be the mission of all of us to give strong support, total allegiance to King Jesus and see his kingdom extended right across the world. I hope these principles have been helpful to you. And, and you know, let me encourage you that we are stronger together. We need each other. We are that band of brothers, aren't we? And uh, I just want to pray for us now. Can I do that? Father, thank you that you just see every, every life here. You know all the mess in our lives. You know the mistakes. You know the things we've screwed up on that we're not very proud of. And yet you still love us. You still love us, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father. We receive your grace again tonight. We don't want to live in that place of inadequacy or fear or condemnation. But it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so we take hold of that incredible grace that you've extended to each one of us. Would you just speak into every heart? We call greatness out of these men. We call greatness out of each one, Father, that you would uh, cause them uh, to go differently from this place as to the way they came in, Father, making a difference, giving your kingdom strong support and seeing Jesus' name glorified. We bless you. We praise you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for the Lord, shall we? Hallelujah. That's it for this Ascend Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, please share it with a mate. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we are stronger.